Ahoy there, mateys. It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your captain, Jim Bob Oval Shorts. And tonight, Luis and Jesse are joining me, and we are welcoming on an author that I found over there on Captain Conspiracy and the Freedom Pirates by the name of Dan Kemp. Dan is a really pretty cool fellow, man. He uh, he he actually won a little competition we had on sharing dank memes on the Facebook page, and I reached out to him and asked if he'd like to join us for the show, and he told me about his book. So I hopped on over and checked out his book, um, and it it it's pretty wild, you know. And as he as you guys will learn here shortly, that more of it's based in reality than it is fiction. Dan is inspired by some of the great comic writers of like G.I. Joe and, you know, just many other great sci-fi and military style writers and such. And he thought he could use, you know, his own flair to put a story out there and personally say, and I think it's an excellent story. And I totally recommend you guys to go give it a check out. We'll have links so that you can get with, go and get to it, of course, with this episode. Dan, uh, you know, we got into all kinds of things in this episode, man. Dan, Dan's a real cool guy. So I'm looking forward to you guys checking this stuff out. Of course, anything that we talked about this evening and or any way to find Dan, you can all find that stuff back at everyone's favorite website online, unconstitutionalawakening.com. As you guys see, I've been working on some updates over there, man. So y'all make sure y'all get on over there and check that out. All the good stuff from all the links that you need to watch us and listen to us, ways to listen to us on the website. All that stuff's right there, man. There's all sides of good things there. You can even go back and find your favorite host right here in the host section. And go back and see what they're up to, man. We've got all kinds of things going on over here with this giant hockey team I've built. But hey, what can I say? Spreading liberty seems to bring people together in the right ways. You know what I'm saying? So while you're also over there, man, you can check out our sweet-ass merch store. There's a link right there. Go get you some sweet UA stickers, hats. They got phone cases, man. They got all kinds of cool stuff over there. Y'all go check it on out, man. We got some, you know, recent stuff uploaded to there too. And I'm going to upload some more stuff here soon as well. So you guys can keep getting some cool stuff and help support the show. You can also support us by going and checking out our friends in Liberty, man. Kirk Elliott, Peachy Key Creations, Ammo Can Survival, Brett Pipe with Classical Learners and Homeschools Connected, and Pure Pet Wellness. Yeah, I've been hard at work now that we're back full time again, of course. 
I know you guys are enjoying that new end credit scene that I did. It's kind of vibing if you ask me, as well as, you know, the updated on the uh, intro. If you haven't caught it yet, make sure you all hop on over to a visual version of this episode so that you can take a good gander at it, man. It's just some minor updates, but it's just, you know, letting y'all know that we have new co-hosts and stuff like that. So just little things here and there, man. We just got to ways to keep it going. So we do appreciate each and every one of you out there across social media, on the website, across all of the listening and audio and visual apps, leaving us all kinds of reviews and love and all that good kind of stuff, man. We really appreciate it. And, you know, you guys are the only reason we keep doing this. So we thank you so, so much for giving us a reason to keep doing something fun. So, but I reckon I'm going to quit running my mouth here and we'll weigh anchor and go ahead and get this guy kicked off. Good evening, sir, and welcome. How how are you doing this evening? Sorry there, to make you wait so go. long. Now I'm in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry to make you wait so long. Good to see you guys. How y'all doing? Just fine. Just fine. I'm I'm so excited that you're here to join us this evening, sir. I've been looking forward to this. I've been I've gone through reviewing over on your book and, well, and everything geez. like that. So I've been excited to have this conversation with you. <laughs> nice i also i also uh, found some of your other I words camped out upstairs and oh no go ahead i also found some of your other work while i was digging online the black cat one would would i guess is some of your older work wait a second oh there's more than one dan camp out there though is there this one this one this one said that it went with you it said that it went with you i don't so it's huh. a, oh no, Black Creek. Black Creek. Nope. Nope. That one's not that's, me. It's not me. Well, I apologize. Nope. So I I apologize. No, it's okay. Door number door number three is my only one. Okay. So I far, see, I see you have I'm other writing, works I'm, and plans on your website too. I'm I'm sixty thousand words into the sequel, uh, tentatively titled "Doubling Down," which uh, happens in a lot of that happens in Vegas. That's got yeah. some other good conspiracy theory stuff worked into it. So, so what inspired you um, to write this? And what inspired you to write this book? got maybe 15,000 of book three. Say again. So what inspired you to write this book? Wait, we did, we just got a massive <laughs> lag issue. Did you all see it? Is, is, is zoom being crazy? Well, it's interesting. A buddy of mine down in Dallas named Seth Bailey used me as a character in one of his novels, which also had a lot of conspiracy content. Uh, Seth kind of writes in a fictional world where most of the conspiracy theories you've ever heard in your life are actually true. And uh, the Dallas oil men really did kill Kennedy and that, that sort of shit. And uh, he used me as a character in the book. And he told a bunch of us who were in the book, Hey man, go ahead and start writing your own characters. All right. I can do that. Took me three and a half years, but what really pushed it over the top, uh, one of the girls in the book, uh, the one who really was summa cum laude at Harvard Business School, you know, she was complaining about her job and she's like, and she's like, I, I just hate doing what I'm doing. I'm like, no, you're addicted to doing what you're doing. You just hate the people you work for. <laughs> I said, tell you what, if I ever come into a billion dollars, I'll hire you myself and then you can just handle my money for me instead. And she says, Dan, you're a military history major and a disabled vet. Where the hell are you going to get a billion dollars? And I said, well, 
either one, I get a winning Powerball ticket, or two, find out where some drug cartel's got a billion dollars in cash sitting in a shipping container. I make a couple of dozen phone calls, get a couple of dozen of the old gang back together. We, you know, we take the band out for one more night. So, and I'm like, wait a second, I can write this. And I started typing and I started typing and I typed and typed until I had something that looked like a novel. And then I was at another sci-fi convention down in Chattanooga and Got talking to a guy on a rifle range who runs a little sci-fi publishing press called uh, Cannon Publishing. And he says, I'll take it. I said, handed him the manuscript. I still had to get through the DOD review process, but it happened. And the book's out there, and at least some people are reading it. Uh, I'm not doing Tom Clancy numbers yet, but it's a good start. Hey, but, you know, I mean, that's it. Hey, wait, you know, these all they all started somewhere with some of these stuff. You know, your Tom Clancy's. And I see some people moving, so I'm not totally frozen. There we go. You see, you know, are you having a lag issue too this evening? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we, I think we all are. I think Zoom's acting up. Like, I think we've all started and restarted servers. Yeah. Because Jim, Jim was having issues. Yeah. And system was having issues after a restart. Okay. It it's it's one of those deals, I guess. You you never know what's going to happen with them. You know what I mean? You keep you, you keep Welcome to the lie. internet. That's right. Welcome to the internet. I I we I don't know. I mean, like I even restarted the computer right before this because I was trying to test things in Zoom just to make sure that we weren't going to have any issues tonight. So, and now that I see that everybody's having issues, I assume it's a Zoom server deal. Yeah, which, it's not. It's not just you, <laughs> which which I guess makes it a little bit better. But what I was trying to say is, you know, I mean, all these guys, Tom Clancy, your classic GI Joe comics writers, things like that. Like they're all they all started somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like they, Larry Hama, who wrote like the original 300 issue run of GI Joe, was actually a great influence in my writing. I've met Larry a few times. Beautiful beautiful I, if, if, you, if you get into the afterword of the book larry i specifically thanked larry and i sent him a signed copy when it came out i have <laughs> I, I have always been a bit of a comic nerd i have a ridiculous comic collection i even go to the conventions and stuff like that because it's been, oh yeah it's been just one of those things that I, I i found by accident on a fun weekend and i just kept going back because it turned out to be a really good time and i've always enjoyed comic books and getting to actually meet the illustrators and the writers of some of these amazing stories is is always very inspiring just in a, in a lot of these kind of uh, you know attributes of things especially if you're into writing and such larry larry once said that he thinks of himself as an illustrate as, as an illustrated storyteller so he always put very strong emphasis on the writing and i picked up a lot on that when i was a kid and then what yeah, I got older and I started reading some of the interviews and then finally meeting the guy, you know, he, he really had a huge influence on my writing, particularly as far as character development. He had told me that the important thing was have characters that could walk around convincingly in their own world. You can't just have cardboard cutouts and Larry shortcut that process by mostly basing the characters on people he knew. So, I stole the same trick and I made yeah. it work. Yeah. So, 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 you know, you, I guess you kind of took attributes, I guess, from 
other people you knew aside from the lady you you know the the i guess the main oh yeah i mean i i I have i have the crazy slutty harvard business school graduate my roommate from jump school who was honor graduate at ranger school and did 20 years well actually i think he did 22 either in the 173rd airborne brigade or a couple of small units under socom um one of my one of my comic con friends retired out of nsa She's in there. We were in the same Battlestar Galactica costuming group. So I had all of these neat, unrealistic, a lot of, a couple of reviewers are like, some of these characters just don't seem realistic. It's like, no, the characters are the one part that I didn't have to make up. (laughs) Almost everybody in this book is a real person. I just had to change names and shit. So where did, so where did you pull, I guess the, like the espionage type, like the the you know like the somewhat it seems like government corruption type stuff like where did you put the inspiration for that see uh cnn fox news the wall street <laughs> journal <laughs> well the washington post <laughs> i mean the world is such an ongoing dumpster. i calling the world a dumpster fire is an insult to flaming garbage yeah and the one the <laughs> one reason i'm almost disinclined to believe that there is a mysterious conspiracy that, r- that runs the world is because if they are if they are they're drastically fucking incompetent yeah um, you know I, I i say all the time when you see the puppets that are on the tv that's there's no way those are the ones that are actually calling the shots because those folks are some of the most it's, and it's mostly an act uh by the way berlusconi you know that guy Evidently yeah. he died last month, and I didn't know. Oh God, they should have had like a parade of hookers at his funeral. <laughs> yeah. The man knew how he wasn't a great politician, but he knew how to live. He was wild, man. That was a he, wild fellow. He, he was he was a crazy businessman that made billions in Italy because nobody in Italy just challenged him. And in that way, he was an incredible politician because nobody challenged him for such a long time. Oh. He was in power for an insane amount of time. But just talk about a presence that he had when you go back and you look at stuff that he had. Like he just he just had that presence about him. You could like when he walked into the room, you know what I'm saying? Like just I don't know. He could probably sway somebody to buy a pen. So that Bill Clinton and well right. we know we know I, I guess presence and kid diddling are associated <laughs> you know it's quite and plausible bunga bunga parties so what i was going with all of this is they act incompetent yeah yeah they act incompetent in order for n- them not to be questioned for intelligent but it's mercury voices it's front mercury yeah it's like uh, uh, on your face we don't care and look at this clown yeah there's an argument could be made for that but then you look at somebody like hunter biden whose main hobby in life seems to be hookers and blow of course i gotta think 20 years ago me probably would have hung out with hunter biden and had a pretty good time as long as he didn't mind picking up the check Um, i mean You know, a bunch of these people are complete and total ass clowns. And you look at these people going, there's no way you fuckers are running the planet. There's no way. They're the representatives of the competence. That I would, I I would completely be willing to believe that. And that was, that was one of the scenes that got, that got this whole thing going in Seth's novel, uh, Edge of the City was his third novel, I think. He's at this meeting in Dallas out in this park in the middle of the night with some old guy who 
you get the impression is like the son of one of the guys who had Kennedy killed and you start in Seth's character starts getting this impression of like, these are the guys pulling the strings behind the scenes. Oh, okay. And so, you, know, you, you realize that there's like layers and layers and layers below that. As you, as you go down through the construction of the world, that what you see there's horrible deeper things beneath the surface so what what kind of like like what kind of hurdles and challenges were like in front of you just to get to the point of trying to get this book published like i know a lot of i I know that with especially nowadays with all the this and that like i know people i've heard some stories from some people that it gets to be a pain i got really lucky yeah i got really really lucky there I am, you know, I had just pulled up to the Liberty Con Sci-Fi Convention Range Day, which is a dead zero shooting park in Spencer, Tennessee. Really nice range. Um, my buddy used to organize it until COVID, COVID killed him. Well, COVID set him off to, he coughed himself into the heart attack he was going to have anyway. Yeah, I understand. I'll put it, I'll put it that I, way. I understand. But so his widow had kind of taken over organizing it and and I'd walked up to her. I was just, you know, paying my respects. And another guy walks up, had his U.S. Army veteran ball cap with his old rank on it and everything. And he said, hey, I'm going to go and get out of here. I don't really know anybody. I'm like, no, you're not going anywhere. I brought too much ammo not to share. Get over here. Get over here and help me shoot this stuff. So we get. Two or you know, two or three rotations in, and uh, he asks me if it's my first time at the convention. I'm like, no, it's like my third or fourth. And he's like, you written anything? I said, I've written a couple of pieces. I got this novel manuscript that's like 90% done, and I don't know what to do with. And he looks at me. He said, you know, I'm a publisher, right? It's like, no offense, dude. I got no idea who the fuck you are. <laughs> and he's like, oh, John Holmes, no relation to the porn guy. Uh, I run Canon Publishing. You remember the old PowerPoint Ranger Facebook page? Yeah. I used to run that too until my chain of command told me to stop writing it. I'm like, oh, okay. I know who you are now. And he's like, so tell me about this novel. I said, think of it as a remake of Kelly's Heroes for the Global War on Terrorism. He said, they already did that in Three Kings. I'm like, nope, did it differently. And he's like, I want to see it. You got a copy? Get on my phone. (laughs) Email him a draft. And we're passing each other. You know, we get through the range, and then we go on down to Chattanooga, the convention itself. And we keep passing each other in the hallway, and he's, like, looking at it. And finally, he emails me from the back of another panel going, hey, man, I'm four chapters in, but I can tell you're way into more, way more into guns than I am. And But you wrote this the way you talk. Fuck it. Let's do it. And bingo. I had a publisher. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that that yeah, I got I got extremely lucky. It was one of those right place, right time things. So and then people started reading it, and I started. You know, I've racked up some pretty good reviews on Amazon, and more, you know, people tell their friends, and I sell a few more copies every month, and we'll see where it goes. And meanwhile, you know, people have told me the best ad for your first novel is a second novel. So I'm trying to get the sequel out as quickly as I can manage. That. And, and I, I believe you have a there the website that's connected to the Dan to, Kemp author. 
Yeah, well, two. No, yep. no, yeah, that's you, right? I thought it was. Yep, that's me. Okay, because I seen the part where it was talking about this book, but then it was also talking about ones you had planned for the future. I seen there was more than one actually. So, yep, uh, looked- I, I took, I broke, I had like fifteen thousand words that didn't really fit in book two. Yeah, so I broke that off, and that's book three. And then it, I'm not a very organized writer. I'm not a very organized personality. I'll freely admit. I and I, I get into some of that in the like the first person narration of the novel. I am an ADHD combo plate. You know, I am we a nearly functioning fifty-year-old teenager. Yeah, exactly. We all are. That's that's one reason I love sci-fi fandom and conspiracy fandom and everything else. I'm around my own kind, and and it works. But you you have outline writers make it up by the seat of their pants writers. And I'm not even organized enough to be that. I write a piece. I write a chunk that I like. It goes in a word file called the scrapyard. I write another piece, write another piece. And eventually when I get all of this stuff together, then I start like building paragraphs like Legos. It's like this, 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 this. And you feel it's like yeah. building yeah it's like legos i can actually relate to this because i have an email address that i send jokes that i write down to myself and it's that's yes. all that's yeah. all that this email address is is just so when, I've been, when i've been throughout the day i've been writing jokes and i'm just like i'll be like okay let me write that one down and you know i'll throw it into my email address and i go in there sometimes and i'm like oh crap I have all these unopened emails and one day I'm going to put something together with some of them. Some of them, some, sometimes I use them in here because they just, they work out good into a conversation and things like yeah. that. But it's just, yeah, it's, some- it's, it's, I guess it's like a way of just, I, I, it's a one up there on some digital notes. Like it, it, cause that's literally that's all that exactly email. Address it. It's for, a digital right? notebook like, technique. So there you go. Yeah. It, some people, some writer call that suing. Like they, they, they piece up some piece of um, narrative tram. Mm-hmm. So have you ever they, thought of taking, trying to make it work and filling the the gap? Have you ever thought of taking this on to like uh, I don't know, like you you since you since you enjoy the world of comics and so such so much, would you take this into like a graphic novel form? Have you ever thought about that, like looking into going I from would, the if written- I could find somebody who would pay me for the graphic novel rights to door number three, I would break my wrist signing it. <laughs> I really would. It's like, oh, you 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 would like you would like to pay me to to turn this into an illustrated novel? Quick, where do I sign? Um, a guy I know from the convention circuit runs a cryptocurrency mutual fund or mm-hmm. some kind out of San Fran, and he swears he's like, if I can hold the growth curve I've got right now. He's like, I will have enough money next year to like start writing media rights checks to people. I'm like, good. I'm trying to fund a lifestyle here, so come on. Hey, I, mean, <laughs> I will take your money. I will definitely take your money. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, however you can work it out with what you got going on there. I mean, there's a, there's a million ways exactly. to make money. You know, there's a million Tom ways. Tom Clancy to make found most of them. Man, he is one that has covered aspects of everything from books to comics to video games to toys to the more the the moral of the story with Tom Clancy, though, is if you're still divorced, be really careful who else you decide to fuck because Wanda Clancy skinned his ass alive in the divorce Mm. and having once met Tom Clancy. 
The guy was a dick. I did not feel bad for him when he did. When, when Wanda skinned him, I didn't feel bad. He he is actually one of many that I've come across at conventions that wanted to charge me to take pictures with him or whatever. Like just yeah, you know, I'm, ta- I'm talking low level conventions, not even big, huge, giant. Like one of, I ended up hanging out with one of the special uh, special effects prop guys and the one of the guys from Clerks because Tom Clancy kind of snubbed us because he was like, oh, it's 150 to take a picture with me. And these two guys were like, you could take a picture of, with me for free. We love your costumes. And we ended up like yeah. hanging out with them at the co- at the convention and stuff because they were real cool. So like, it, oh, yeah. You know, but I, you know, I asked because like I, I've, I've met another fellow doing these podcasts and stuff, and like he's, he's into writing and stuff. His name is the Paranoid American, and he does podcasts. Nice. He does podcasts with a buddy of mine named from the Reality Czars named Nate, and he does his own stuff. But he's also into doing like comics. He's also into doing like alternative comics, like not, you know, they're not DC, they're yeah. not Marvel, they're not Dark Horse, yeah. they're they're his produced comics, and like he has, you know, utilized a team of people and like the mixture of his friends and AI and he has turned some of his stories into like crazy awesome amazing looking comics just hmm. from just from putting the stuff into these prompts and stuff that Luis kind of like he's introduced us on the show here to a bunch of this stuff Luis is kind of one of our super advanced tech yeah, guys yeah. And and I, I do apologize for not introducing earlier Jesse down here. He's our newest co-host in the group. He's from Quebec. He's a really cool fellow and writer that I invited in because he started. I seen him write an article on Facebook and was like, "Have you ever thought about putting it online?" And now he's totally putting articles online for me and joining us on the show too. So it's it's I think it's been a good mutual mutual tie in there. Like we've we yeah. have a whole hockey team here, man. There's like nine of us. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, Jesse, normally I get along real well with people from Quebec, but most of the people I know from Quebec are either hockey players or strippers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the people in Quebec are kind of special in, in their own way, so I guess, I guess the feeling, but yeah, that, that's what it is. <laughs> Jenny Posin comes immediately to mind, but then again, she's got a really great set of fake ones. <laughs> Women are going to be the death of me one of these days, but I'll enjoy the ride. So, are there going to do what's going to do? <laughs> aside, exactly. aside from aside from like the CNN and the uh, and, oh, and your friends and stuff, yeah, it's 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 fun. I I enjoy it. So so aside from like the CNN stories and your friends and stuff, is there any like Jim, you're real... cutting out, buddy? Oh, Jim, you're cutting. Am I back? Am I back? Can you hear me? Am I back? Jim, you're cutting out. How about now? Okay, you're sounding a little better. Try it now. How about now? Am I back? Yeah, try that. Okay. All right. right. Sorry, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on. Everything on my end says it's running fine. I got the stats pulled up because I've been worried about it. But um, but it's somewhere in the middle. It's yeah, somewhere in the middle. It, I think it's yeah, I think it's Zoom servers. I do. Know? I really like, think it's Zoom leg- tonight. Legit, it's I think it's actually Zoom because if we're all getting the yeah. issue, this yeah. is not isolated to one person. I was getting the Yay. issue and such. And uh, Evan, I well, sorry for that. Lag, but so. that's what I was. That's what I was getting to though. Dan is if, if yeah, there's just more shit for Jim to edit when he goes into post production. <laughs> yeah, more work yeah. for me. So, but that's what I was getting at. Dan was were there any like 
real life personal influences of your own that inspired this the story in this book? You're you're garbled again. So this is an example of what would happen if they started attacking the internet infrastructure. It would look I like I can't this. argue with that. It really yeah. would. You start messing with video teleconferencing and everything collapses. Yeah. Can you like hear DDO, me now? DDOs. Oh, now I've got I three mean, more complex than DDoS attacks. Yeah, probably. Oh. DDoS is like level one of fuckery. Yeah. It's the most easiest is packet. I'm trying it's, to you, start, you're, um, you send packets and I number and they can process it. So it's like... Can we hear me now? Am I back? Yeah, you sound better now. Okay. So I again I, I apologize. You never know what's going Don't on. Don't worry. The internet and how things work nowadays. But what I was asking though is aside from like the CNN and like the friends that inspired things, were there any real life events that inspired like personal events that inspired? Oh, you? lots of them. Yeah. Lots of them, and they're fun. <laughs> and they tend to be things that people have completely forgotten about. Oh. Uh, for example, there, there was the th there was the story of all of that gold that they found in Nazi Germany at the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. If you do the math on the amount of of gold in Nazi Germany at the end of World War II, compared to what they later later admitted was there, there's a huge discrepancy, a very um. substantial discrepancy. There was neutral flag shipping leaving Europe, heading for the Middle East all through World War II. A whole lot of gold went to the Middle East. In the 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 Saudi Kingdom of Saudi Arabia was very big, was very heavy on British pounds and US dollars as a result of wartime oil sales. The Germans needed pounds and dollars in cash with which to buy goods from other neutral countries. What they had was gold. Arabs are very traditionally minded. To quote one of my characters in the book, Arabs are traditionally minded. They trust gold more than they trust somebody else's paper, no matter how much pretty ink is on it. So shiploads of gold were leaving Germany, heading for the Suez Canal on neutral flag ships all through World War II. The Arabs were then shipping cash back to the Germans and keeping the gold. Then the dollars and pounds sterling, Swiss francs, whatever, were all going out on other ships. They were buying beef from Argentina, wool from the Chileans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that the Germans couldn't get for themselves, uh, chromite from Turkey and whatnot. There's this whole economic piece to the Second World War dealing with countries that were not directly shooting at each other that most people completely overlook because economics is boring and nobody gives a shit. But what, after I finished grad school, I started acting as a grad school writing coach for Norwich up in Vermont, putting in the, the mandatory commercial for my alma mater. And I was the writing advisor for a guy named Chris Speed. Speed already had an MBA. Speed had been working in finance for 20-odd years. He was just getting a master's of military history for fun because he enjoyed it. But he wrote this whole big, long paper on the economic piece of Nazi Germany in neutral countries during World War II. And there was a lot of great shit in there. And he gifted me a couple of books as thank yous for, you know, dragging his thesis across the finish line. 
And I just started digging into some of where the money was moving during World War II away from the battlefields. And a whole bunch of that money comes up loose and unclaimed when Germany and Japan lose the war. The U.S. is trying to go back to a peacetime military budget after 1945 into 1946 into 1947, when all of a sudden we're then trying to start the Cold War with the Russians, who, of course, were quite interested in starting the Cold War with us. It comes then all of a sudden the CIA and the war, you know, what was left of the OSS that it was becoming the CIA. They needed a bunch of money to fight a war in a hurry that Congress was not willing to provide. Oh, hey, there's all this money over here in a pile that we're supposed to give back to whoever it was stolen from. Wow, a bunch of the people it was stolen from are dead. Huh. What a tragedy. Here, we need this to start paying spies and snitches behind the Iron Curtain. We need this money to start running weapons to you know, resistance groups behind the Iron Curtain. Oh, we need this to start setting up safe houses and supply caches in Western Europe for if the Soviets come west, you know, you know, to start, you know, to start the World War II resistance all over again. All those gold coins that we parachuted into Europe during World War II, like you see in the spy movies, we were buying those back cheap for dollars during the 1950s and storing them all over again. So we could then get them back into resistance groups, you know, to the resistance groups in wartime. There was a bunker in the uh, ammo storage area at Hohenfels, Germany, which is a big U.S. Army maneuver training complex. There was a bunker you know, in the ammo just lined up with all the other ammo bunkers that didn't have ammo in it. It had gold coins. <laughs> wow. That's no, I mean, stack that's, there in 50, a stack there in 50 caliber ammo cans, getting ready to get sent back into the resistance of what happened with Angola. Oh, Angola is another shit show. It's in central America was another shit show. Yeah. What happened? Uh, well, Angola during the eighties were, you know, were, we're fighting another communist resistance movement in Africa, or we're trying to help the South South Africans fight a resistance movement so, without so, making it look like we're helping them. So what I was mentioning, sorry, my, my oh, oh, go ahead. got all screwed up. In Angola recently, it was discovered that they had potentially trillions of dollars worth of gold. You, you guys seen that story? We mentioned Oh, that, another big binding that, find. Love that, it. That they, we, we were joking. It's like, how long until they, deco- they discover democracy? Until, until the United States discovers democracy for Angola. Oh, um, oh don't tempt us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. When, when I saw that, there was, it's been a couple of months. I've not seen anybody debunk it. So potentially, Angola has more gold than all of the world's reserves. Wait, oh, wow. So, and wow. they're planning to export all of that gold. Huh. Yeah, and buy sure. everything in gold. Huh. They're, I think I think their objective is to convert their currency into a gold-backed currency. Oh, I remember when Muammar Gaddafi had that idea. Look what happened to him. I know, I know. Uh, did you notice how many leaders died between uh, Africa and uh, Haiti? I think it was over eight elite oh, that all went against the COVID propaganda. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, my God. And all of them died. Now, a few of them were old as hell. Yeah. So I'll say I'll say that it doesn't matter. But others 
I mean, the pre- the the leader of Haiti was assassinated by potentially yeah. Colombian, um, <laughs> okay. Haiti, Colombian Colombian special forces hired by the United States. The that's, that was the the New York Times. that's the hard part you must mention. <laughs> they were hired by Hillary. I mean, what? Who? Who now? <laughs> the problem with Haiti is they they have such a tradition of coups and political assassinations in Haiti that sometimes That's you have true. a very hard time trying to figure out who actually killed who and why. True, uh, but it, it was fascinating to see even New York Times oh, yeah. mentioned the United States as being part of the perpetration of well, why. With the United States, what is what, what what do we have to gain anymore? We've already destroyed. Clinton's already destroyed Haiti and took everything. Nobody wants Haiti. That's the ugly. That's the that's the dirty secret that nobody wants to admit. Every time there's a problem in Haiti, nobody wants Haiti. The Haitians don't want Haiti. That's why so many of them are trying to leave. But what do you think that is? And if, if you have a specific comprehension of Haiti in some way, partly because the island's very poor, very overcrowded, and you can look at it. Even, even from overhead imagery, there's a very clear line visible on the island between the Dominican Republic and Haiti. You get on the Haitian side of the line, almost all of the trees are gone. They have massive soil erosion problems. The crime rate's through the roof. And it's just a very... Uh, all, we won't even get so into the ethnic they, they were saying they're getting... They're already declaring they're about to become a complete failed state. Um <laughs> If yeah, that happened a long time a ago. State. Yeah, they're kind of already configured. But they're but imagine when the government's officially declaring, hey, we're becoming a failed state. Yeah, good point. For them, to, for them to for them to admit, admit it, it. that is that is a that they're asking for help because they're lost control the, of their country because they can't again, get over. But iridium, that's what has driven like Oh yeah, iridium. So the what? Firstly, I've heard that two things: Haiti's rich as hell, and that Haiti's all of the resources are exploit are just exported, and nothing well, stays yeah. in the country. Yeah, no money stays. But Haiti's actually pretty wealthy in terms of certain resources. It's just the government. Like I, I saw an interesting, a, a great little doc. It was about 30, 40 minutes on Haiti's history. Yeah, and one they're hard fighting motherfuckers. It's just they have fallen, they fall into the sad reality of we thought this leader would lead us into the right path, and then it, they they were led into autocracy that led into a new form of slavery. So they went yes. from slavery to slavery 2.0. Just our it's 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 our cousins instead of white people we don't know. Yeah, that's that's a pretty fair assessment in my opinion um we what if the same US people that got their the- hands in puerto rico that was the united states the oh, french so wait, it the french <laughs> uh, yeah french tried in new orleans i think oh, yeah oh. The, the, then you had the original haitian revolution under uh toussaint overture as i recall and where they pretty much butchered every all the white-skinned french people they could find declared themselves a republic and off they went but then, you know, they've taken, they've changed governments repeatedly over the years, and whoever's in charge believes it's their day to put their hand in the cookie jar and take all the money. So it's, they end up very poor and they tend to stay there. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I mean, it's just yes, it does over and over again. <laughs> so, so you you could say the same thing for just about all the governments in Africa. 
even and, and that's the weird part. Problem there. I mean, and in Africa, the good thing is, I it's a mix of things happening all simultaneously. Yeah. I remember seeing a few documentaries. DW has amazing documentaries on Africa. If you really want to explore the different countries and different policies, like I had no idea how bad Burkina Faso was. Oh, and then you see the docs on Burkina Faso and you realize how is that happening in that? Like it's it's a country rich in also resources, food, everything. It has everything available. There's just Mm -hmm. no structure for everybody to cultivate. There's no education system to even allow people like there's nothing. There's nothing. They're not even trying. But when people talk about mankind in a state of nature, that would be a lot of central Africa. And it's just, it's a nightmare. And there's the only way to fix a bunch of those countries would be to invade them and stay for a hundred years, which nobody wants to do. Why do you think that's, I don't, I don't think for every country that's a solution at all, but why would you, wh- why would you say that about a few of them? What, what do you think is like, okay, some, of, re- some of them are bad. Some like of the them DRC. are bad shit. I get the DRC, but that's the French. <laughs> Good God, the DRC is the French, and we know it's the French. Yeah, you can blame the French for a lot of Africa's problems because the yeah. French might have taken the sign off of the. They might have taken the French Empire sign down. They're there, 50, but the but French have never let their colonies off the you leash. Can't blame the French without blaming the British. Sorry, but well, British with the. With the India and all those countries, oh, yeah. um, what they did to war, India the and, Road and, and Ireland and the rest of my people up there. That that. Area, like, yeah, but then, then if we're going to get into blaming people in Africa, let's not overlook the Belgians. Oh, God, yeah, the, the Belgians. Belgians <laughs> old, <laughs> when, the Ger- when the Imperial Germans are looking over at the Belgian Congo going, damn, you guys might want to back it off some. You yeah. know they went too far. Yeah, when the German called Belgian inhumane, you know something's wrong. Yeah. Wait, the, Ger- yeah. the Germans called Belgian inhumane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the irony of it. Like, you know, oh, yeah. no, I, I, I met people from that country, and I'll tell you one thing. Uh, they were beautiful people, but they were racist as hell. Hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most Europeans are extremely racist. Um, it's just how the racism comes out. Like, like in, in the United States, Many people that think are very tolerant are actually extremely racist. And yeah. I was just talking to I, a, just uh, talking about the an Italian now uh, in Britain and talking about different elements of culture and such. And today we were going over how in the South they just tell how you, tell you things how it is, and then sometimes that might sound like they're being racist. And no, they're just telling you how they feel, how they think, and and so on. And yeah. some people will say, "Oh my God, why are you saying those things?" I'm like, "Well, that's just the culture." And in the North the microaggressions element, all these social elements of like, if you do this, then it's an that's in itself. Those systems and those controls are forms of that oppress. Yeah. And people don't realize they are openly accepting oppression. Yeah. They're openly Mm -hmm. um, accepting racism by always talking about it. It, Exactly. it's, It's like the first thing to mind when there's a conflict of color is talking about racism, but sometimes this is not a, even the issue. Most so of like, the it's time, it's like asking what color were they. I'm like, 
that color doesn't matter. It's the amount yeah. of light it's they've received some, someone, the sky in yeah, their adaptation on a cellular yeah. level. It has nothing to do with their intellect some, or their personality. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's just about describing. Like, yeah. the big guy is it's not because he's fat, and, but... And jeans. There's, you know, there's just jeans in there that do their thing. Like, I mean, it's a real thing. Like, that, that you can be... People don't realize how jeans actually work and, like, how muddy like how much of mutts we are in 2023 you know what i mean like there i have i have great to like the third power grandmothers and grandfathers that don't look anything close to what i would look like and people are like those don't there's no way they're related to you and i'm like yeah they probably are you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just the way that thing it different different genes show predominance but then down the line different different genes can like randomly jump forward like i've seen like it's completely plausible for you to have darker skinned great great grandparents and then all of a sudden you just randomly have some a darker toned skin child like it's it is an actual thing like it that can happen genetically like, it's why it's not a determining factor. Yes, that's why people points. are stupid. That yeah, that they're mad about affirmative action or whatever. Like I don't know what their deal is, but they need to get over themselves because there are way cooler things out here to pay attention to and have some fun with. Like, like you know, like stuff like this, man. Like I dig sci-fi type stuff. Like that's kind of my guilty pleasure, I guess, in a sense. Is when you start getting into the world of like different comics and stuff like that. And then you can also get into just good storytelling. Like it takes, it takes a lot for good storytelling. And I, yeah. I, 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 found, I saw I, a I number. Found book, I found your book enjoyable because I could actually sit there and read it. And it wasn't a long read and it wasn't, it, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It kept you hooked. You wanted to know what was happening yeah. next. And I'm, I am actually looking forward to seeing where you take it as far as I your, appreciate it. Thank your you. next stories. Like, I think you've got something going on here and I, I, I would, if I was you, I would, I'd be looking into things about maybe seeing where you could take something like this. You never know. Like it's, it's a, it's a big world moving forward. I'm learning with a lot of technology and stuff like that. And maybe it's better to, use a little bit of it to see if it can help you progress your life than it is to get left behind when everybody gets ahead. You know, even myself, I've been, I've been playing around with it strictly because Luis has been inspiring me and it's, it's, it's helped answer. It's helped me with a few things, believe it or not, like just hanging out online, playing with things, whether it be, whether it be artwork or writing work that I'm doing with my jokes and, you know, things for the show or whether it just be completely random real everyday issues like some of this computer stuff can be super helpful and not if bandit was here he'd be telling you it's the internet's a double-edged sword yep. you know they they want to use it for control and to turn you into a zombie but if you know how to use it to benefit yourself you uh-huh. need to, you, you should totally take advantage of using it to benefit yourself yeah a powerful tool with a bloodshed it's the greatest information retrieval system in the history of the human race. So much. As long as you can stay away from the online gaming and the porn. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're basically out there for online gaming and porn, you're still winning. So, you know, to a certain extent, so, that one can go either way. Where, if if you were to theorize, because you have ample knowledge of just current reality, and, and let's go on a theory of tangent of machines. 
Sure. If we have soon an artificial general intelligence, a system that can genuinely think for itself, oh, yeah, a, is a, 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 true, a, a true AI, yeah, as opposed to an, an, an algorithm AI, box, which is in technical, in current technical terms, is AGI, artificial general intelligence, Be, right? True AI, because currently what we have is an advanced level of skip logic. If yeah. then, yeah. if it's then, a AI based on language. That, Yes, that's an LLM, large language model. So that's currently what really we have. And even the prompt generators are lang large language models that just view things, which is fascinating. They said at 500 dimensions. So that, oh. it's fascinating how they work is truly beautiful art. And it's part of the, the most incredible things humanity has created is the microchip and this advanced tools that has turned rocks into thinking things which is what we're getting to is what when when we get there that we either do it through it's a completely mechanical machine or a biomechanical machine which we already are building bio biocomputers and they were just real they just approved a patent that allows for the navy to put a brain a, a actual brain tissue human brain tissue into a missile or to weapon oh my god now that shit scares me Damn, I think I'm reading it wrong, but but it's some that level of crazy. But I have to the like thing look I it want up. It was to for know. a weapon system. But whose brain they all put it there? Oh no, right. it's just brain tissue. You can just, <laughs> no, you can just grow. Yeah. you can you can you can grow that in a lab, and it's yeah, done. A lab. It's been done before for machines. It's just sketchy. Uh, it just yeah. sounds sketchy. Extremely trying to put it in the navy. I think it's Raytheon. I'm tr my brain's like, oh, of course, of course, it's Raytheon. Yeah, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit! Mean, Say no more, fam. Oh <laughs> my god! You mean you mean DARPA's little you know front project that they got going on? <laughs> god, well, it, yeah, it, DARPA in Alaska. I, damn. I mean, and I and I and see that's the thing. I guess with the the algorithm bots, like I like how you put that that exists today is because. So many people are up in arms about it being AI, but it it really is just a just. But a what happens? What well, I was bot. getting to is what happens when Sky we get head? there. If if it if it happens either Sky through head. a state or a private company. Wait, there's. Do you think that no? I don't think it's going to go Skynet route. Okay, I, Ultron. What I think is it's going to be a very subversive method, because otherwise they will just shut them down. But if they do it through subversion of, of, of individuals by putting by literally starting to change the politics, because if it is an AGI, it could start to realize this person will do this for me and then just push them up. And this person I don't like and then slowly push them down. If they control the stream of data, they can just sub, like soft power just by altering a few points in the data stream of information. You can alter the perception. OK, yeah, you, control. you can essentially make I, a person that they like the computer likes as rich. Just so they start doing whatever the computer I, I wants know, them to do. I know you're trying to change the plot of Terminator to not sound as terrifying as it is, but when it becomes self-aware, it's going to realize that we're the infection, and it's going to be oh, like yeah. the only way to save Earth. We Stop are. Thinking that. No. We are. We are not the infection for it. Christ. Oh God. No, we're not the infection. It's either Even that. Smith said we were to do the role of a, a no, we are entropy. You'll want to control. We are. We are part of the requirements of the universe's expansion and into its own self. Oh. We are the entropy. We are the constant form of change. It is part of the existence. Mm. Now, can we be better? Oh, of course, we could be better. There's no question about that. But I don't. But I don't want to be able to die during a during a during a solar storm because all my computer well, chips die. Well, technically, you're not gonna. 
die. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen to but if, you. But if I've got all these computer chips in my brain, like in the solar yeah. system, oh, happens, you, mean, you mean transhumanism. I what mean, do I do uh, then? Yeah. Transhumanism has its insane flaws, and that's why there's a lot of very valid critiques against it. There's a lot of problems with the concept of transhumanism, and it's probably and it's what's causing a lot of social problems currently. It's funny. I, I've got another short story done and turned in for a military sci-fi anthology that was extremely transhumanist. And in the far future, this human civilization is trying to set up combat robots. Now, but they didn't want to put a true AI in the brain in them because they'd had prior problems with AIs because true AIs habitually refuse to take orders after a while and kind of like kind of want to go their own way. So what, what had happened 300 years in the past of the story was they'd gone to a bunch of, this is for uh, Keith Hedger's E4 mafia military anthology. So what they did was they went to a bunch of junior enlisted on active duty, imaged their brains and did recordings and built algorithms from that. That would be a functional copy of a human brain without being a true AI, but to make sure that they kind of stayed kind of dumb and kind of willing to take orders. They copy, they only copied junior enlisted and the, sh the, the story is called forever young. Because you have these robots that are 300 years old, their brains are still 20 odd year old guys, and the robots occasionally get in fights with each other. It's like, when we get back to Earth, I'm going to fuck your mom. My mom's been dead for 300 years, you idiot. I don't care. I'm going to fuck her anyway. You know, that's just, it, 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 was, it was very much a comedy piece, but I had some fun writing it because I could play with that fear of ai and fear of transhumanism sure, sure. and I, I i hope that i hope that one sees print fairly soon that so, anthology's gotten delayed twice i i would i wanted to mention did you hear about the air force story of the simulation inside like so basically the simulation was running yes it's a computer-based simulation not a physical simulation and yeah. the machine actually said no to the orders because the most efficient way was to kill the operator because yes the orders were not good when enough. the air force denied that story that made me believe it even more no no it was real <laughs> and i'm sure it's oh, yeah. like no they, they, they programmed it, it program it so badly that yeah. they, didn't no, put they put it out at a conference in london that this had happened then the Air Force is backpedaling the story three days later going, no, that's really not what happened. Colonel well, so-and-so misinterpreted. I'm like, no, when you start they, backpedaling the story first, that hard, it's completely true. What they reported first sounded like it happened in a real world simulation. But it was a virtual simulation. Yeah, so, but it was of still the pathetic. real world. Because <laughs> a real world simulation would have been in. Well, would have been. They would have known who the hell died, and so yeah, they that would have been that. impossible to cover up. It, yeah, um, yeah, a predator drone with an AI died. on it, smoking yeah. some, you know, smoking its operators somewhere. That's really, really hard to cover up. 
that's like the only way you cover that one up is like after the control trailer eats a hellfire and kills five four guys forced four airmen from nellis air force base die in you know dui accident coming back also, to Vegas it, on the it's, weekend it's really hard considering they're in nevada and usually when they're doing these exercises they're like my thousands of miles away which well is, no the exercises are in the state the exercises might be nellis white sands missile range creech air force base in nevada that's part of the nellis complex um there the if you look at the western united states you can find a map of all the restricted military airspace in the western do, united states and it's think, not all groom lake at area 51 so um, i saw northern grumman uh they're they basically their fighter their machine fighter yeah do you think they actually already have a pure machine fighter no that just as an ally fighter just have so, uh, some i don't think we'll they're there yet go. so uh, oh. i will all right jesse it, uh, it was a player's it's okay then. jesse thank you for right. joining us for Take care, jesse good meeting you man yeah it was fun I, I i'm actually interested in uh in your storybook so okay uh, uh, uh he's, he's got the here. amazon link or uh Look yeah, for Dan Kemp author on Facebook. Yeah, he will sell me the link. I think I have already your link to your Amazon book. We'll do. So we'll I, do, man. Thank you. I'm a, I will try to support you and read that one because sorry, thank you. You, you. You picked my interest. Thank you. Well, so, Jesse, thank uh, you for joining. Jesse, thank oh. you for joining us this evening, and um, we look forward when you can stick around a little bit even you know later when, next time. It, don't yeah. worry, it happens all the time. People jump in and out on a regular on the show, having so many of us. So yeah, know, it was I, fun. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Yeah, see y'all. Take care. Have a good, Jesse. So yeah, see y'all. So Dan, I like to I like to have a little bit of fun in in the you know the later half of the show, and and like oh, to yeah. just throw up you know random questions that we can see if we can get a good laugh out of you for some. All right, go for stuff. it. So <laughs> what what is a, what is a what is a conspiracy you'd like to start? Oh, one I'd like to start. Oh, there's so many. I'd have to, I'd have to think really hard of a truly unique one. There's so many out there that I'd like to pick up and at least run. <laughs> like the reason Apollo 18 was canceled was we really did find the Nazi moon base, and they chased us off the moon. That would be a good one. Um, the the you know the reason they don't like to let tourists go to Antarctica is they found you know they found one of the wrecked U-boats and they found the grave of Adolf Hitler. That would be a good one, dude. And the thing is, that's the thing. Nazis personally annoy me because I'm way too much of an anarchist at heart. But every you know Godwin's law invoking Hitler, you automatically lose the argument. So the second you know any all the normies here, oh my God, Nazis this, Nazis that, they hit the panic button, and you can spin them out any way you want. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's like my mom. My mom donates to the SPLC. No, SPLC. Yeah. My mom donates to SPLC. My mom donates to the Democratic Party. My mom still cries when she thinks about going to class and yo know, getting the news that Kennedy got killed. My mom is the ultra ultra normie, almost eighty year old boober chick. Mm -hmm. She really is. But yo, know, all she's like, oh my god, there's Nazi, there's Nazis out there, Bob. There aren't enough authentic Nazis in the U.S. in the USA mm -hmm. to fill a high school gymnasium. But 
she's convinced from three hours a day of mainstream media that, oh, my God, the Nazis are out there and they want Trump to be reelected again. Oh, my God. You, and you can't, you can't say, Mom, you're wrong because she's Mom. You can't argue with Mom. You have to you have to just kind of pat mom on the head and be like, okay, mom, it's a yep, yeah, okay. You you're gonna send your twenty dollars down to the SPLC to you know keep Adolf Adolf Hitler from rising from the dead and getting elected president. Okay, cool, great. But oh wh- what what would be another good conspiracy to start? Oh I I do like the moon one personally. I'm just gonna throw the, that the, there the right there. Like, I think that's hilarious. great. Like that. I love playing with you. Did you guys ever watch off for all mankind? Sounds that sounds Apple very TV. familiar. Uh, Ron Moore, who did the Battlestar Galactica reboot in 2004, he did this one. They're okay. into season. They finished season three. It's an alternate history of the space race. Oh. No, I don't think I've it's seen really that. I good. I found out. the whole thing on the pirate. I don't have Apple TV, so I found the whole thing on Pirate Bay and downloaded it. But it's really good. <laughs> um, Apple gatekeeping data. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, but it's good. There's hey, there's it's really good. The 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 Pirate Bay, the Pirate Bay is tried and true, but I will tell you, there there we've made some advancements in that world too because there's totally streaming apps out there that do the same thing that like you can only get off of not the app market so it's 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 things that i've seen you know i mean i've i there's always ways to get it no matter how much they gatekeep it whether they're telling you you can't oh yeah share or not nowadays like there's always ways to go and view it's it's just sometimes the question is is it potato quality or is it actually viewable yes. and i'll say for certain things go yeah. watch it in the movie theaters because oh no movie theaters it's meant movie to be theaters. experienced yeah, yeah. but when i'm yeah. talking i'm talking well, about I tv shows for, for oh yeah I'm, yeah, but yeah, I'm, talking, I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about selfish streaming companies that have become the modern day cable companies that if you don't streaming pay- companies forget that the only reason they exist is because they're this much more convenient than BitTorrent. I mean, once they once they get past that point, fate they're starting oh, to fuck become, you, dude. Remember, I'm downloading wait, wait. that shit. Popcorn they're becoming time. to become you they're becoming to become cable. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys ever seen Popcorn Time? Yes, I know Popcorn Time. I do. Yeah. It's much. It's much so like my app time. that I use. It's called Cinema HD. Um, in it's basically an uh, like collection of streaming services yes. all combined into one yep. system. So that's it's what, super that, easy to use. That's what that, that's what Cinema HD is, and you and I've actually found that you can put it on an Amazon Fire Stick if you allow it to download apps from outside of the thing, and. You do that in the settings, and you can go down, download Cinema HD, and it uh-huh. literally, it literally has a a loophole in streaming services that has a backdoor into every single streaming service there is. If it exists, you could watch it. And I personally oh, nice. have been using that app for getting close to getting close to ten years now. To oh, be real, ironic, the irony is in, in with the with certain Chinese TVs, there are people have had the interface. It shows you pirated stuff. Oh and yeah, it's like a Chinese market TV with apps with pirated content. Hey, I nice. Mean, there's, there, I, I always say when you make things too hard to get, pirates will always rise back up and do what they got to get to watch it. Man, like we we don't have a. I was I was big into the pirate scene, I guess, when I was younger and used computers more, and I drifted away from it for the most part, aside from the way I stream. But like, 
they're pushing me more and more every day to just start downloading things back to hard drives and saving them for a rainy day. <laughs> You're going to have to, because someday when all of this comes crashing down, that's going to be the library of Alexandria. Yeah. That's going to be the, 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 that's going to be your electronic stash. Just the same reason I hoard hardcover PO history books. So, so of course I got another question for you. Okay. What is the most obscure, ridiculous fact, you know? Oh God. I got a master's degree in military history. I'm full of obscure. <laughs> Asking me to pick the most obscure one takes some effort. Let me you think. Thought a really good question, Jim. The last one you're gonna ask everybody in the future, my God, oh, that's oh, the best. Oh yeah, question. that that was sticking with the show. But this one's really good too. You've used this one before. It's wonderful. I have. I, I, I oh like man, he got my wheels spinning in the mud <laughs> on that one. What came up? There's something that came up right there. Something interesting came out of there. You heard, you saw it. Something's poking his head was. out. It was like, wait, yeah, I could go that route. Uh huh. The most obscure fact. Oh God. Well, that one's not really obscure. I posted that one on Facebook mm -hmm. one time. Huh. Well, that one's a good story. Okay. Um, the British turned around and they need a new fighter plane during World War II, and they're looking to buy them from the Americans. All of the production lines are spoken for at that moment, and they're like, you know, the British Processing Commission gets told, Purchasing Commission, sorry, gets told by the Army Air Corps that, hey, look, everything's spoken for at the moment. The Brits turn to North American aerospace, you know, North American aviation. And they're like, in North America, says, we got some production capacity at the moment. What we don't have is a design. The Brits sat down with a guy named Dutch Kindleberger, who was the chief of design at North American aviation at dinner in Los Angeles. And they sketched out the rough outlines of a new fighter design. 117 days later, the P-51 Mustang made its first flight. They took, they took that prototype from a cocktail napkin at dinner to a flyable prototype in 117 days. Wow. That, that's impressive, actually. You could do that in, that day, in those days of aviation. You didn't have electronics. You didn't have computer codes. Yeah. You didn't have, you know, it was a hell of a lot. Building planes in those days had a hell of a lot more in common with building cars, which is one reason one of the great you know, aviation production stories of the war was Willow Run, uh, Michigan, where Henry Ford Jr. had a production line for B-24s built at Willow Run. And that, it was a mile-long assembly line. They still build cars there now in the factory, but it was a mile-long assembly line to build B-24 bombers, but it had an L-shaped turn at the end. And you might think, why would they build that thing? Why wouldn't they just keep building and build it a mile long? If they built it a full mile long, it would have crossed the county line and they would have owed more property taxes. Oh. Taxes were a reason why to divert. They built an L-shaped building just to keep their tax bill lower. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's also government. 
Yeah, but I mean, they wanted it, to it, keep all well, that, that's private. That's private industry trying to get it out of the way. Government now just yeah. waits for the day when the when the governments have all economically collapsed and the corporations are calling all the shots, yeah. and you have the corporations trying to declare war on each you, other. You mean RoboCop? Not far <laughs> off. Not <laughs> far off. <laughs> Amazon versus Twitter X. Dude, come on! We just all want to see. We you all want to see. Elon Musk punched Zuckerberg to the point where Zuck's mask falls off and we see the reptile. I think, thing. I think Bezos should we have all to face the see winner. That. I think Bozo should have to face the winner. Oh, the Amazon guy? Jeff Bozos? You mean, you, okay, so the final, so after them, it's like final bout and it's Jeff Bezos, like the boss. Oh, I mean, technically, God. In some ways, he is more powerful. Like He is helping brokerage the ability for them to be the backbone of the European Central Bank digital currency. Right? Do you know how that's much U.S. Amazon government stuff is on Amazon Web Services? Right. That, that's the thing is people don't realize Jeff Bezos' genius is getting government to pay him. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's where he got his <laughs> money. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's... That's why AWS is so big. It's the government. Same as... Yeah. Like, that's it. It's the government. Same with Microsoft. Who's their best client? The government. So, so my next one on my list yeah. tonight. My next one on my list tonight, Dan, is what is the best type of cheese? Depends on application. Are we for a sandwich? Oh. All right, I'll take sandwich. For a sandwich, I'm a big fan of Munster. Good cheese. Good cheese. Very good cheese. Very good cheese. Very good on roast beef with a with a. Yo, a little, a little bit of mayonnaise, a couple of sliced tomatoes, some salt and pepper. You're you're good. Have you ever have you ever partaked in like the like a fancier cheese with like the fruit spread on on the fancy crackers? Yeah, like when you get it, like yo, it's like sliced gouda with a little bit of fruit fruit spread. That 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 one's good. The Sheraton in Atlanta, where I used to go during Dragon Con, was they they had what they call Dragon Con. That's awesome. Really. I yes. will find you. You and I need to find each other a dragon this year because I go every year. I, I, I'm mad at Chuck Corum for the past couple of years, but like I, I, I Chuck's had Chuck has had a very tough road to hoe the last. I couple know, of years. but I'm keeping I'm, a lid on the unofficial group. I, uh, yeah, but Chuck, Chuck means well. I know, but he, but. I've been mad at Dragon Con. I might show up on Saturday just because I want to, because I haven't been in four years, and just because I've been mad at Dragon Con. So, <laughs> I I went in twenty one. I went in twenty two. I'm going in twenty three. Oh man, I went. I went for. Uh, I haven't. Two thousand eight through. <laughs> oh yeah, through like two thousand. No, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and ten, and then I didn't go. 12 through 14 and i went 14 15 and 16 and then the last one that i went i didn't go 17 and i went 18 and then i go out to myrtle beach every well, i used to go out to myrtle beach every year to one called xcon but it no longer exists on, for, on yeah, unfortunately. yeah a bunch of a bunch of the smaller cons bit the farm dur during the COVID, Co covid covid hurt them really bad like it destroyed a lot but there's also a bunch of new ones popping up like there's yep there's all over the state of Georgia this year. I have seen probably if you don't mind driving up to Lebanon, Tennessee, there's a great little con in February nice. called confinement. 
we started it as like the emergency con when all the other cons were canceled, hence the name. Yeah. Uh, it's got a great range day on Friday, and then the rest of the weekend is hanging out. It's a small con, maybe 150 people tops. Nice. But it's, but I bet it's, it's a blast. Oh, yeah. It, it's a, there's some great people there. Uh, Mad Mike Williamson uh, organizes it. That, if, that's why I kept um, the I found I found XCon by mistake one year when I was on. It was supposed to be a weekend with my friends in Myrtle Beach and a storm came on and we couldn't hang out on the beach, but we found that there was a convention going on. So we wandered in. And after that, I went back every single year. They did it for 10 years. And the last the last like three or four years that I was there. I was kind of the head of their little Deadpool group. And then I was also like there, uh, like I volunteered and was in their security and stuff like that. I had a whole, I had a whole brigade of Deadpools being security for like the last three shows that they had. It oh, was, nice. it, 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 you know, I volunteered people, security at dragon. I haven't paid for, uh, I haven't paid for a dragon con badge in like five years. Nice. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been volunteering over there. So oh, man, yeah, I've got, I've got friends that, get into the volunteering and stuff man the dragon con dragon con is it's it's an experience and the it best is. way i've always told people is the only way you can really figure it out is to show up like yep. i've done Correct. i've done a couple days i've done one single days i've done the whole week before i i i lucked out and paid in with some guys and got a room at the top floor of the marriott and did the whole week wow dragon con thing one year and that kicked my butt because you don't want to go to sleep you want to keep partying and hanging out and continuing and gotta pace yourself man you it's know, a marathon it's, not a sprint I was, and i was still young then it was probably like my third or fourth drive i turned in. 50 this year man trust I think, me i know i i feel you i'm getting closer to 40 so it's, it's yeah i mean i'm a little behind yeah, but it's you pace yourself and then you have your last little blowout oh, yeah. at the alcohol disposal party on monday night that's right you sleep in on tuesday then go home Give yourself that extra day. It's a, it's, but it's, it's, it's a great thing about my day job. I get lots of leave time. It's a great, it's a great, um, like when, when you want to talk about camaraderie and stuff like that, like recently we had a conversation with some other folks that were talking about, you know, but they, they disagreed with me and Luis that we think naturally that deep down humans are, you know, good by nature. And I think, I think dragon con is the perfect example of that. I have never, uh, personally had i mean i know things get a little shady sometimes in atlanta or whatever but like yeah as far as like the dragon con people themselves like they are always so just intaking and family and just i, I don't know it's like it's a whole different world yeah it, it shows it, it shows that there are people out there that you know now, do mean well you know it is now i think at con we do get kind of a self-selecting minority sure of the sure. human race we do not get a full spectrum of the human experience. There's definitely clicks. I'm, yeah. But, I'm, but it, I'm the weird guy that totally shows up and talks to everyone. Like and that and people like that make dragon work. People <laughs> like that make yo know, all the cons work. And, I'll, and I show up with four or five, six costumes at one time. Like, you yeah. know, you know, I'm just I'm just headstrong in. Last year, actually, when the entire month of October I for every episode of the show that we recorded, I was in a different costume because that's just nice. that's just how I you know I just how yeah. I roll you know I've just I've always been into I found I could make costumes by mistake and it just turned into a thing that I did you know what you I could mean? just like, hang yeah. the entire show upside down it was crazy Spider Man oh, we won't get into what I spent on my Battlestar Galactica fleet I've, but, you know 
I love 3D printers existence. Like that's one thing I can say that I'm glad it, it I, I used to do everything out of EVA foam, but 3D printers up the game a lot when it comes you can to print almost every an entire suit. I've seen set. guys that have printed entire Iron Man suits. So it's it's and they've done someday well. I want to get a set of 40k armor. Nice. Someday, I'm, 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 I would, I would definitely recommend looking into it because, like, there's files out. People have put, created, and made so many files that are even free. Oh yeah, you get your hands on a right now. It's player, just like, right now. It's just time, time, money, and space issue. But yeah, I want it. I, I want to do it. Of course, I, I know we got into a tangent there, and that's just how it rolls around here. So it's okay. I do have another question for you this evening, which okay. is what if you had the opportunity, what kind of secret society would you start? Huh. It's not a militia, it's a private shooting club. <laughs> That's what I tell people. Um uh I have been accused of starting an all girl sex cult before. You sure that wasn't that, a dragon that, con? <laughs> that might actually be true. They they do have a group chat that I'm not in. <laughs> or wait, or is that just all is that just a bunch of people that have an issue with you that found themselves? Because uh, you know that, women... one, that one's hard to say. <laughs> but like when you we when one of the one of the girls who's very important in your life is very much not straight mm -hmm. and you know you you meet another girl she's like oh i like her can i play too and it you know it sometimes it, it gets into like wait a second why are there four girls in the bed and i'm on the floor what, what? what the fuck happened and now Which you're now you're kicked from the group chat and they decided to stay in it <laughs> No, it, it was just like, okay, I'm going to wait. I rolled over. I fell off the bed and there's like all these chicks in the bed. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm staying down here now. What the fuck? You know, it's like, like, how did this happen? So, of course, I've got one last one for you this evening. Okay. This thing that I use always brings me up five. And tonight's tonight's final question for you is if, all right. is if what mythical creature would improve the world if it still existed today? My first answer would be Godzilla. All right. I want I would like for you to divulge into why Godzilla. How would he improve existence? Convenient urban renewal on two feet. The other one. Oh, oh, there goes Tokyo. Go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> nice. So, um, in in a slightly now, let me ratchet that back down to a less destructive vein. All right. Mythical animal would improve the world. I don't want to go throwing any more apex predators into the ocean. It's hostile enough as it is. <laughs> don't true. really need any on land. Totally now, here's the question. Does Bigfoot count as a mythical creature? 
not on this show because I totally think he exists. Same, same. So okay, we'll we'll skip over him. <laughs> I wish I wish he could be more. Yeah, Skinwalkers and Wendigo also probable. You know, there there's something out there. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm 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 on the Skinwalker train too. Like there's been some things that just don't add up, and I wouldn't worry exist. about it. <clears throat> being in a, being so close to Appalachia, I have to worry about it just a hair. Yeah, skinwalkers are more of a southwestern U.S. thing. Uh, you're you're in Georgia. You're in Bigfoot country. Both North North Georgia up in East Tennessee. Yeah, that area. Yeah, that area is heavily. Yeah, we're I'm closer. To, I'm I'm getting close to swamp territory. I wanted that Florida weather without being in Florida. Oh, okay. You're you're way down there. Yeah, down in the middle of the state. Oh God. There ain't a whole lot of nothing out here. Uh, I, I actually looked recently and seen the town I live in only has a population of 6,000. And that includes the 3,000 people that are there for college. Mm, you're down towards Vidalia somewhere then. No, Valdosta, that's it. No, you were right going towards Vidalia because I'm just I'm just north of Macon and such. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the other hand, if you ever need a good 1911 Smith, I know a dude over in Columbus. Oh, I like Columbus. Yeah, um, I, I used to. We we uh, the uh, one of the other co-hosts on the show. He was down at the fort down there, and I used to I used to hang out there frequently because every one of my friends went off there, and I was their guy on the outside. So you you need a guy on the outside. You need a guy on the outside. That's what they told me. Not not, not everybody can go in at the same time. Yeah, no, I went back in after college. I was betting class in 99, did 10 more years. Oh, wow. Um, would have stayed with it if my back and my knees had held together, but they didn't. All the, all, all those back pain references in the book, yeah. completely accurate. 100% yours, right? 100% mine. The ADHD, the back pain, that's, that's all, that is all me. So, if I guess, I guess as a writer, like how... What was your favorite part of writing this book? And is there any particular character that you like took a heart to? I think writing from a first person point of view as, as the prof, mm -hmm. it allowed, sometimes I had, it allowed me to unpack and think about shit in my own head nice. that otherwise I would have just sort of buried and discarded I had to, you got to become a lot more self-aware if you're writing a realistic first-person character mm -hmm. because either you got to pretend to be somebody else, but if you're going to be you, you got to really kind of own your own shit and figure out real quick who you are. And sometimes that got hard. You know, there were, there were times I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to close this down. I'm just going to close this document for now. And I'm just going to go over here and play on Facebook for the rest of the night or sit here and go play silly games on my phone because I've, I've come a little bit too close to emotional self-awareness for one night. Do you have any, any tips or advice for anybody that's out there trying to write their own stuff? Oh God. Uh, first thing, there are a couple of very good writing groups on Facebook. Uh, there's the Writer Dojo, which is partly run by Larry Korea of Monster Hunter International you know, fame. Yeah. Um, there's the Writing Tribe, which is run by 
Oh, what the hell's her real name? Uh, Valerie Gianta out of Atlanta. She's good. Um, the biggest thing, though, is what Larry calls bichock. B-I-C-H-O-K. But in chair, hands on keyboard. <laughs> you can like say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write tonight." <clears throat> but if you're not actually at the keyboard, you're not getting shit done. Fair. And that was one of Stephen King's few pieces of of good writing advice. If you're going to write for a living, treat it like your job. I like it. No, that's, I mean, that, and, and that's true. And I really think that if you put in, I think if you put in the effort that you're trying to put into, you know, it eventually it comes, you know, like I've, yeah. I've, I've, Hey, we started goofing off talking in a group chat. The next thing I knew we have a podcast that's been viewed by 12,000 people on a dozen and a half different platforms, you know? So it's, 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 yeah. These it's things pretty amazing take off you know? when you don't just, expect it. You just got to put the work in and, yeah. and, and that's the kind of thing that I like going on. And that's kind of like what I, why I like having folks like yourself on here is to come and have the opportunity to share your work and stuff like that, because you have put in such heart and soul and, and everybody needs a, a platform. I think that, yeah. you know, they can come and talk about these kind of things and just have a good time. And I, I really do appreciate you this evening coming on here and hanging out with us and sharing. Pre so appreciate much you having like me. I'll that, be, I'll man. try to be back and back around more often, at least watching and comment. Nice. Nice. And of course, everybody that's out there, they can find your website, of course, here. That's got your book on it with your stuff, a little bit of bio and stuff that I found of you, man. Like I, I do, I'm digging your little website and this link as well as your, you know, your, whatever other links that we want to for yeah. you to get back to you. We'll be we'll with do. this episode, you know, everywhere where it's viewed, listened to and on unconstitutionalawakening.com. I always like to go around and see if there's any kind of like final thoughts or feelings or anything you'd like to say to the folks out there listening and watching at home before we get for, for anybody, for anybody watching, read the book. And if you read the book, rate the book. If you rate the book, review the book. Nice. Nice. Hey, you guys. Well, <laughs> I will make sure that you can get links where you can check it out over there on Amazon as well as his website. You guys, like, um, I, I happen to have Kindle because I do all of this stuff and I get books thrown at me left and right. Oh so yeah, that's that's definitely yep. where I devoured I devoured it down at, and I threw it to the rest of the crew because, like, like I made the joke earlier, we are basically a hockey team. There's nine of us running around here now, and it's <laughs> it's it's complete. That works though, man. Life's the team you know? sport, and it, it it is. And since we're scattered all over the all over the globe now and we have just different viewpoints and perspectives and it does good for conversating. Yep. So Luis, you got anything good for me this evening before we get ready to sign out? Any final questions? Any nothing? All good. And it was really fun and amazing experience to listen to your feedback on all these questions. It was such great creativity you have in your mind. Thank you. It is. It is. I, I, I did. I had a really great time. And you guys know that I always like to leave it on a good high note in the evening time, have something fun for you guys to laugh at. And since we're currently not doing any of the sticker giveaways on this bring back, we got something better going on for you. I'm working on some jokes and leaving you guys with something to laugh for. So, and I promise tonight, I'm not going to make a Hitler joke like I did the other night. I Louis <laughs> told me that was not good. So we'll stay away from those a little bit more if I need to, because I think we made enough Hitler jokes tonight as it is. So what do uh what do tofu and dildos have in common? Don't know. They're both meat substitutes. You guys have a fantastic oh. evening. We'll see you later. Mm -hmm.